The Ambitious Mum Podcast. Different women, different lives, different ambitions. I'm Kate Moore Youssef, and every week I'll be having honest conversations about ambition. I started to go back to art classes, and I found that after getting back into it, I knew there was something missing. Motherhood. I was so determined to be this like amazing mom, and then when she arrived, I was just like, I'm, I'm a failure. And everything in between. We'll explore how their ambitions and careers have evolved while being a parent, and I'll be digging deep, acknowledging the taboos, the sacrifices, and the sheer grit and perseverance working mums don't talk about. I can honestly say now, I don't care what people think of my heart. I paint for me. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Ambitious Mum podcast. It's another week. And this week I have chosen another amazing mum run business for the free advertising that I'm giving away for the run up to Christmas. And the reason why I'm doing this, I explained last week, is because I really want to give um, small businesses an opportunity, especially if they're run by mums, the gift of people finding them for Christmas presents. So I know it's much easier to head to those big online stores that we can just do one quick click and it's done. But there's so many amazingly talented people out there who are running small businesses who would absolutely love your custom. So I've managed to sort of curate an amazing array of different websites and businesses. And honestly, I was stuck for choice. But this week I have chosen for the free advertising slot on um, the Ambitious Mum podcast, a really fantastic small business, which is called Believer Achiever. And it started by um, a mum, Alex, and actually her daughter, Matilda, who was age nine. How amazing is that? What entrepreneurial spirit they clearly have. And they've used their family's experience of childhood anxiety to help other families talk more openly about their feelings. And what they've done, they've co-created a pep talk pillow. This is what they've called it. And it's a conversation starter for a fun, easy way to check in with your child each day. Oh, do we not all need a prop like this? So they're saying whether you have two or 20 minutes to talk, the pillow's prompts help your child explore feelings around their day, how they see themselves, their memories and their dreams. And what it does is it inspires regular and meaningful conversations so we can problem solve together and encourage positive self-talk and build more self-confidence. I love this. I, I can see myself using this with my um, younger two daughters. One's five, one's nine and a half. And I really believe that bedtime is one of those um, precious moments where they are able to open up to you. Sometimes they don't know where to start. So I think this pep talk pillow is brilliant. And what a gorgeous, you know, Christmas present. If you go on their website, you'll see they've got lots of different conversation starters written on the pillowcase. And I think it's genius. So well done to Alex and Matilda, who age nine is clearly going to be the next Richard Branson. So if you go on their website, they've very kindly given us a um, discount code. So if you type in ambitious mum 10, you'll get a 10% discount. So if you go on their website, it's believerachiever.co.uk and it's the pep talk pillow. And you go on and you type in ambitious mum 10, you'll get the 10% discount. I hope that's really helpful. And now on to this week's show. And I love, love, love this conversation. She's a really old friend. It's with Adrienne Converser, 
She's originally from South Africa. She is a bundle of delight, but she's so clever and wise and honest and insightful. And she tells us about her business. So it's a community that she's, you know, created herself with art. And she's gone from, you know, talked to, to us about her mental health um, problems that she had in the past with her young children. And she was so honest and open talking about how art um, has saved her and how much she loved art and has gone back to it later on in life and how she's encouraging lots of other women, all different ages, from all different backgrounds, using art to express themselves, to feel more confident. And I was so inspired by this conversation and I really hope you will too. So here is my conversation with Adrienne. Okay, so hi everyone. We have got AD Converser from the Art Hub London, which is based in North London. And AD is a really old friend of mine. We went to uni together. She's originally from Cape Town in South Africa and she's still got that amazing accent. I love it. And she has set up a wonderful art community for women, men, children, and she's got a fantastic story to tell. So I wanted to introduce you and say hello and welcome to the podcast. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, um, you know what? I've been really looking forward to this conversation because I think you've got a really inspiring story and also something that we can all relate to that I think when we become mums, we lose that kind of creative side to us and we don't actually realise how integral it is to our well-being and how important it is and we we just kind of like brush it to one side and yes we may decorate our houses we may de- you know decorate our kids rooms but the actual kind of just sitting down and focusing on art is is often taken away from us even if we're not we don't see ourselves being that creative tell me where where did it all begin um oh god it's so <laughs> I think it was a mental health journey for me to get back to art. So it goes all the way back to school time. Um, I loved art and I was always creative, but also I was quite loud and had a personality. So when I was looking to do something for a living, like, you know, when you're in high school and you start thinking and talking about it, my my mother steered me away from art because in those days, you know, you can't, you can't draw a business unless you're an artist when we were younger and that kind of thing. So, you know, it gave me, it sort of knocked my confidence a bit in, in painting and because it was something I loved and I connected with my art teacher. You know, when you have that one teacher that you just connect with yeah. and just changes your life. Um, Mr. Radowski, I remember he was just amazing and he adored me and he loved the way I painted And then as I sort of got to the end of school, my mother was like, look, you've got this great personality. You know, you're not that great at art. Like it's a bit of fun, genuinely. She was very honest with me and I still think about it. Um, And I think in those days, what they didn't, what she didn't think about was mental health, right? Mental health is, we only started, it's starting to become a topic that we talk about much more now. But in those days, it wasn't even a, a thing. So she never understood that, the art actually provided me something so much more than a living and a job. I was quite anxious um, as a child and, you know, she didn't recognize that. Anyway, to cut a long story short, I went into the world of PR because 
apparently I'm good at talking. So I went into the world of PR, you did as well. We all did, didn't we? <laughs> and- um, yeah, It wasn't back in the early 2000s. I know, and PR was a great, it was a great thing to work in then. You know, it was whining, dining, being quite, um, coming up with concepts for brands and that kind of thing. So there was um, creativity in that, which is what drew me to PR as well, was that yeah. that knowing that we can be creative and a bit silly and a bit yeah. childish. And come up with wild things, yeah. Um, but I think for me, it, I was in the fashion industry. So that added another element that I don't think I was prepared for. You know, it's um, it's very, it's fun and it's great. And I've done some wonderful things and been to some wonderful places, but that what they require of you is you, all of you. And when I met my now husband and then had my first child, everything changed. My mental health really suffered because I went from this really high paced, high end job to now looking after this baby. And it was like, I thought this is just meant to come. You're just meant to know how to do this. You know, you're a woman. And um, I felt I got postnatal depression with my first because I was so determined to be this like amazing mom. And then when she arrived, I was just like, I'm, I'm a failure. I couldn't breastfeed. I was nervous to drive with her. I was just a real bag of nerves. Um, and it actually took me back. And I thought about you a lot at this time because you were much younger than all of us when you had your first. And I can't imagine what that was like when none of your mates were around, you know, at least when, when I had um, my first, all my friends sort of knew what was going on. None of them had struggled like I had, but I really, really struggled. So that let lead me to question my life um, as a mother. And then also, could I handle working in that industry? You know, with the long hours and the socializing and the conversation and my, my chat was different. You know, my content was different. I didn't have the same content and the same like this club and this dress and this oh god have you seen the new da, 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 selfridges or it just wasn't the same priorities are changed pardon the priorities are changed completely right they're completely changed so i went and i actually saw a psychiatrist and i got onto medication i decided to go that route because i had to be well for izzy and within a month i was fine and I started to enjoy being a mom more and i didn't make myself feel bad about it and i made sure i was around other people that didn't judge and I'm a very straightforward honest person so if I'm down you know I'm down if I'm happy you know I'm happy I just I've never been one for for disguising who I am if you don't like it that's fine you know I'm not everyone's cup of tea and everyone's not everyone's cup of tea so I, I surrounded myself with very strong women in my life you know I don't live in the same country as my parents so my friends are my everything and they became a real support along with medication and then talking about this lack of self-esteem to be a mother really, really helped me. And I've been on a hell of a journey with, with, with my kids, as I'm sure we all have. It came down like a crashing thunderstorm. Wow. Um, anyway, to, to, so I went back to the fashion industry and then I was just like, I can't do this. I can't, I can't do this. I need to find something that is my joy, my happiness. And I always remember how I felt it when I painted. And I always remembered that you had that insight because a lot of us takes, it really is difficult to recognize and we'll have the self-awareness to know that you needed something that was going to bring you joy. Like you had that self-awareness with your mental health, that it wasn't a, um, 
it wasn't something small. This was like a, a, a very big decision that you had to make. And that's incredible. I think that's the biggest thing. Like one thing I've always been grateful for and who I am is if I've got a problem, I like to fix it. I don't like to sit on it. So for me, going to a psychiatrist, seeing a therapist, you know, having the, the, the community around me that lifted me up as opposed to pulling me down, I was very aware of that. Um, and then also everyone was telling me, do exercise, go for a run. I don't like exercise. Like I know it's good for me, but it doesn't provide me that like headspace where I stop thinking. And that's what I need. I'm a very type A person. And I, I need that like just headspace, you know, that quiet in the brain. So it was art. Um, and you know, I've tried lots of businesses. I've always been someone that's wanted to do something, wanted to achieve. And the reason I came up with this idea is because I started to go back to art classes and I found it very uh, intimidating and very um, confining because you would go to a class and they would say, right, we're drawing a palm tree. Now, I, I don't want to draw a palm tree. I want to draw um, a bunch of flowers or, you know, and I found that after going for quite, getting back into it, I knew there was something missing. So I have a studio in the back of my garden. It wasn't a studio, it was like a little play area, like for the family, it was an extra space. I decided to put out a note on one of the mom groups on Facebook. And I was like, is there anyone out there like me that just wants to paint with other people and chat and have a cup of tea and just like get creative and just chat. And I started off like three and a half years ago with two people, two mums in the studio. And I wasn't doing kids then. And now pre-lockdown, I had about um, 80 people every week, kids and families, kids and moms and dads in the studio. Wow. So yeah, it's been, it's been amazing. And I love it. And I love the conversation. And what you realize is that everyone has a story and everyone is struggling. And in some way, it may not be because they've had kids. It may be because confidence. And it goes back to that story, that head, that voice of my mother saying, I wasn't a good enough artist. There's so many people here that just love to paint. They just love the way it makes them feel. It's irrelevant what is on the paper. And that is what I try to give these women, these children. Everyone is so obsessed with being perfect and everything's got to be great. And that person's got to say to you and give you that, that affirmation that you're doing good. It, it's, it's, you know, it's, I can only compare it. Like my husband loves going for a run or he loves playing tennis. He's not Andre Agassi. He's not Mo Farrow, yeah? He's never going to do a mat, like... But he still does it because that's what gives him enjoyment. Yeah. Why is it that we all have to be Picasso in order to pick up a paintbrush? Yeah, it's so, so powerful what you're saying, because I think we are, we've grown up to believe that if it's not perfect or if you're not brilliant, then you just don't do it. So my daughter, who's 12, I think she is a brilliant actress. I think she is naturally dramatic. She throws in loads of accents all the time. And I said to her, please, let's, let's do something with this. Let's go to drama class. Let's, you know, speak to your drama teacher. And she straight away, she shuts me down. No, 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 I'm nowhere near as good as anyone else. Um, no, I can't do this and I can't do that. But it's, it's just honing in on the passion and the joy that it brings you and not thinking about the outcome and like just kind of surrendering to the joy and the happiness that it brings. And I think it's so it's such an important message because 
we shut down so many things that could bring us happiness because we might not be good enough or the validation we need this external validation you know it's so many things like we should be doing because for the love of it and not because we want someone to say oh my god that's so good you should sell it or that's so good you should open a shop or whatever you know what I mean like I I make food because I enjoy cooking I'm not making food because I want to set up a restaurant so it's a completely it's a it's a belief system that needs to be completely shut down and restarted and I think you know for you that you're doing it with kids at this age and they're going to get this message from you that just enjoy the art and love love what you're doing and you know see where it takes you I think it's so powerful you know, it's, um, I've developed, okay, there's something called process art. Have you ever heard me go on about process art? Okay, so process art is developed for children. It's a method of painting that literally does what you said. It focuses in the now mm -hmm. and you don't worry about the outcome. So the kid doesn't come in and you say, right, we're going to paint this still life. I'm going to set up a, you know, I do that. We do that kind of thing, but we always are tapping into this idea of process art. So it's a whole form of abstract painting and, and different techniques and stuff with kids. And I recognized through doing it with kids that actually adults need it more. So I'm now, I've set up a whole adult workshops for adults to do it. Adults, kids just let go. It takes them one or two sessions with me. Hey. And then they like, they like love my vibe. And they're like, you know, I'm like, explaining to them and I'm, I'm quite dramatic and then you know they love it like I'm like who cares like you know like adults are so self-conscious and I discuss it with it, it's a lot of women I do see a lot of women and you know I've got a, a woman of let's say 70 who remembers her art teacher telling her actually a few remembers her art teacher telling her how bad she was so like there's moments when she's painting where she just like, she can't like move on, you know, and we talk about it and it's like, what difference does it make if this is not like a piece to go in Sotheby's? Like it's not, it, she, it's like she stops herself from enjoying because she's got this voice in her head. Uh, it's taken me a long time to sit next to someone and paint and do whatever I want and not care. Well, it's that imposter syndrome, isn't it? Of like, if you've not gone to art college or you've not studied art, then, you know, who am I to be doing this? Or who am I to be teaching? Well, I had that. I felt like that because I only studied art until um, the end of like A-levels. I pick up on this when I'm with my clients and I'm, we work through so many things like this when I'm, you know, using yeah. AFP because we break down those beliefs and very often someone will come to me and say something like, um, I'm really worried about um, something now in the present. So it could be like a meeting, it could be a presentation, it could be something much bigger. And then we'll go back, back, back. And I said, when was the first time you felt like this? And go, well, actually, it was when, you know, a teacher told me that the project that I did wasn't, you know, good enough. And these are like grown women with amazing jobs, and they are still held back by the 14 year old self who was reprimanded in class by a teacher. And it's, it's, it's sad but it can, we can move past these things. And it's really amazing to, to know that these stories and these beliefs don't have to be stuck there forever. Well, I mean, I can now paint, I don't care. Like I will just do whatever I do. Often I make mistakes, I'm a human, you know, even when I'm teaching the kids. The other day there was a kid on, we were doing a cake and I could see on the Zoom, I could see he was about to actually lose it. So I took my paintbrush and I covered my whole thing. And I was like, oh, <laughs> what am I going to do? 
you know? So I've t- honestly, any kid that comes with me, the parents often message me saying, oh, I've got 80s voice in my head. We can fix it. It's not broken. It's just art. So I teach them, even though that wasn't processed art and they want to have a cake, I teach them to not stress in that moment and how you can come back from that. You know what? I, I see, I've got three girls and perfectionism, even if it's not part of the house, like I don't ever use the word perfect. I don't ever use anything like that. But it's just ingrained as a, in us as women. I don't know, it's conditioned from generations and generations. Just, I've got two girls as well, I get it. We like to please. We, we want people to like us. We want people to like what we're doing, what we're wearing, what, how we look. Even my daughter, who's five, she will be doing something for school and she'll get all angry. She goes, no, it's not me. I don't like it. What the teacher says? And that's not come from me. So the fact that you're promoting, like, let's get rid of all this perfectionism. I think girls, I know some boys, obviously, but I do think girls need to see that from a very young age, that it doesn't matter if it's not perfect. It doesn't matter if there's a mistake or there's a scribble. And, you know, you can still have fun and enjoy it. It's, so, so my younger one has really taken to the concept. My younger one, you know, she, and she's five, she's the same age as your youngest. And she, she is very creative. She gets it. She, she, you know, um, doesn't care about mistakes. She'll stop if she's tired. She'll, she'll use the mistake and make a blob into her face. You know, she's really kind of got that from me. But my oldest, who's eight, still struggles with it. Um, I'm actually going to do a post about it because I get a lot of messages from moms saying, I don't know how to, you know, to, 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 to help. I don't know how to do that. And, and, and it just takes practice. So I haven't given up on my older one. I haven't given up. I, I still go back and back and back again. And I'm setting the example. You know, it's like anything. If you do it a lot, if you repeat doing it, if you keep doing it, it becomes habit. So I can honestly say now, I don't care what people think of my art. I paint for me. I've got all these canvases, they're all over, and I just come I in there. Enjoy it more now that you know you're just doing it for you and you are creating whatever you want to create. I bet the level of enjoyment is even more. And not just that, what I'm producing. Yeah. In my eyes, I don't care about anyone else's eyes, what I'm producing is just wonderful. It just makes it, I can just, it's like my emotions, everything's there. Like, and it doesn't have to be art, though. You know that. It doesn't have to be art. Everyone's got a different thing. But I just think it's very, what, what struck me is that it's very sad that people don't want to do what they want to do because they're scared of failing. Um, and, you know, we are so lucky that we live in this world where it's, you know, it's not the Renaissance. We don't all have to be perfect and paint figures. And, you know, we've, we've had all these artistic movements. We've had these, these renegades who created this, artistic world where anything goes I mean you know anything any, anything goes you can do make art into anything and that's so wonderful because you know true and it's and, and it's taste as well and it's how you it, exactly how you express yourself you can walk around like every gallery in the whole world and you'll see so many different types of art that nothing looks the same so it's not like you have to be oh you know stick to a certain thing it's that's what's the beauty of it and I think you know we need this more than ever don't we how tell me about what you've noticed about you saying that in in real life at the, the you know when you set up you had 80 people coming through the doors during the week and obviously now you've had to go online and you didn't you know 
you've managed to expand your audience you've got uh, more yeah corporate now which is interesting as well very interesting what what you know covid has brought is so many different people being able to kind of go in different directions they never thought they would because of you know the online opportunities yeah tell me about the pitfalls the benefits that you found over the past sort of eight months of of being in this pandemic so obviously the reaching more people is great uh, you know also like the fact that like I don't have to go somewhere or people don't have to come to me I don't have to tidy I know that's ridiculous but it takes so long to like set up tidy get everyone's paints out that kind of thing the downfall is you know, it gets to a point where, I, for example, I do a process art class with adults every week. Not so much the kids. The kids I'm actually finding okay. It's the planning side with the kids. I've got to really think through. I've got to actually do the project to think through exactly what they're going to need because my mind is not a detailed mind at all anymore. I've got no attention to detail. So, like, often they'll be on there and I'll be like, oh, I forgot glue or, you know, something like that. But the parents, they don't seem to mind, hopefully. With the adults, because we're working on a concept like process art, I'm doing process art session. If they were with me, I could be like, right, pick this up, use this, you know, try this method. Um, how about sticking your hand in this? Or, you know, it can be a lot more, I can be a lot more expressive. Also, um, you know, Zoom, there is chat, but the chat that happens in here is magic. Ma bring women together, like-minded women together, and I swear to God, we could take over the world. The connection, the ideas, the the inspiration from each other. You know, this one's painting like this. Oh, let me try that. That looks great. Or just the positivity. There's no negativity allowed in here. I tell the kids, my kids, if they're shouting, everyone must leave. If they're shouting, this is a sacred space. Mm -hmm. This is saying nice things. It's positive. And I've seen women come in here that literally didn't speak. That came in, were like this. Kids coming in. I mean, you can't, obviously it's a podcast, but like head down, not wanting to talk. Adults, grown women who are now like, like breathing and free and look forward to it. And it's their safe space. And it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. A part of their heart that has been probably closed down since they were small children. Yeah. That's what creativity brings. And that's what we underestimate the importance of it in our lives. We think that because we're adults playing, being childlike, it is, is, you know, we don't do that. You know, we're serious life. You know, we've got bills, we've got responsibilities, we've got problems. But the more we lean into the creativity and the joy and the flow and the whatever's going on in our heart. And, and, you, and you know that feeling because sometimes it's hard to articulate, but you know that rush of goosebumps or your heart is just like bursting. And sometimes we only get that like, once or twice a year you know those feelings but it's all within our reach like I've, I've seen it recently where I've really actively tried to follow the examples that I try and leave for my clients and on the podcast and on social media and you know like I've started doing outdoor swimming but we laugh we literally laugh like kids again and we're messing around and we're falling over in the mud and we're pulling our bras over our heads and flashing strangers while we're trying to put our tops on. Sounds like uni, Kate. <laughs> and, you know, we, we always say, like, when was the last time you laughed like that? And, we, you know, there's no, no one's going out anymore. No one's drinking. There's no big parties. We have to find this community, this joy, wherever we can. And what you're doing in your hub is bringing women together and allowing them the, the opportunity to kind of like break down those barriers 
things go on, terrible things go on in people's houses and we have very little idea of what's going on, but you're giving women that safe space to slowly open themselves up. And I can imagine, you know, you said to me before, the stories, the conversations. I get a lot of phone calls and I know what's going on in a lot of people's lives. Um, and, you know, I guess it's because I'm so open yeah. that they feel comfortable talking. And it's, a, it's like a sacred space. And people know that I'll never divulge you know, people's personal things. I just think women are, are brilliant. I think we, we're brilliant. Like I just, if, if sometimes I say to my husband, if you could just open up to like your mates, like we open up, it's just, you know, everyone comes in and they're like, their shoulders are tight and, and everyone's like, oh God, I feel so much better. I can stop the day, you know, can we do this again this week? No. But it's the same on the Zoom, I have to say. Everyone comes on and they wound up um and they're totally relaxed by the end of it and I mean the other night I went on to like quarter to 11 at night I started eight or half past 10 or and I was just like everyone was just having you know a, a good time and you know I've created relationships I've learned things about myself through other people it's not just me giving advice it's everyone giving advice and it's all different ages which is wonderful so it's people that haven't even started having kids to grandparents that are looking after their children's children to people who haven't had children to I've got like business owners so it's it's such a mishmash of people and it's just brilliant Kate and I and I am enjoying the the zoom because as you said like it's a more productive business as in I can click on click off you know there's no setup time but I, I can't wait I must be honest to have people back and I don't know when that's going to be I think I think this is how I predict things will will go back to normal it's going to take a while but it's giving people the choice now. And, and before, you know, doing, you know, three or four classes on Zoom probably wouldn't have been an option for you. But now you can say, right, I'm going to do like a couple in real life and then I'm going to do some online and your the balance to your life will become probably easier. It'll just help you maintain the business model that you've now got, but hopefully give you that kind of quality of, of balance in your life. But what I wanted to touch on was the, the community. And I think it's quite an old, you know, it's a traditional thing for women to be part of communities like that. And I think we lost it. I think we, for whatever reason, you know, we, people moved away from families and everything's gone a bit more disparate. And I think now the, what you were just talking about, all the different generations being under one roof, being able to talk and, and ask for advice and connect and who can help who with businesses and families and kids and all of these things like that, what that used to happen in villages. Yeah. And it takes a generation under one roof and it, it doesn't happen anymore. And I've got a few mentors that I work with through, through work and they're older, they're like in their 60s. And I, the wisdom that I get from them is, is incredible. Like I would never be able to do what I'm doing without knowing that I can tap into that wisdom. And so you're giving women that opportunity who may not have grandparents live or mums that live you know nearby for everyone to kind of but I think psychologically if I think about it I've probably created this for a lack in my life you know I don't have parents here I don't have siblings here I've got my in-laws but they travel a lot because all of my my brother and sister-in-law live all over the world this is the nature of being a South African families are apart you know it's it's we were taught at a very young age to, to try other things, to go overseas, to make opportunities. So there is a huge, um, always been a huge disconnect for me, even though I've got my husband's family, but I feel like I really crave that female 
you know, that like the, 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 the wisdom, I crave the wisdom and the, 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 the relationships and um, yeah, it's become so much more than just about the painting. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review or a rating to help us reach even more ambitious mums and get the content out there. Thanks so much. And growing up in South Africa, um, having been once, which was just incredible, the I, what comes across in you and your personality is the colour, the fun, the imagination. You, you know, you grew up in a in a country with complete opposites and lots of um, tragedy and, and sadness, but also amazing landscapes and um, brightness and vitality and humanity and friendliness and love and all these different things that is a bit harder to find in England, I yeah, think. Yeah, I mean, you've got the African culture yeah. you know, in you. Africa's in you and um, always around colour. And, you know, I was very young during apartheid, so I do remember things, but South Africa's a very colourful place. Yeah. From, from the culture to the languages, to the food, to people are very open. You know, I remember, and you might remember this from uni, people used to think I was very rude. <laughs> Like very rude. I remember I was seeing a guy and I said to him, come sit. He was horrified. Like come sit as a South African. It's like, come, come join, come sit, come enjoy. He was like, I'm not a dog. How do you explain to someone that come sit is just the most wonderful, welcoming. I got caught up quite a few times and I had to learn to adapt my language because we, 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 we don't think as much in South Africa. I think we're just much freer with the, the language and we're just a bit more... Um, You're not as reserved. Free. Yeah, just a bit more free. We're not as reserved, but not all English are reserved. I don't think that's, a, I mean, you know, it's, it's, but it's generally everyone in South Africa, anyone who certainly is in my life is very colorful. Yeah, but that comes across in your personality and your passion and what you're bringing to other people. Because as someone that I'm trying to remove that kind of like layer of, you know, reservedness or whatever it is, and, you know, slowly sort of shedding that, it's so refreshing to be in your company. You know, you're like this bundle of just joy and beauty and everything and you're bringing oh, that to nice. you're bringing that to other people and a lot of people need that in their life they need I think people also need to know it didn't doesn't just come yeah not I haven't just woken up and this has all happened I've been on a journey I've been on a health journey I've been on a, a mother mother you know being a mother a person I've done a lot of personal work on myself you know I've been to lots of therapists and I've always been searching I don't have always been that person that's been like searching like what what is happiness what is the the purpose um I also feel things I feel like I was saying to some of my, my best mates like I feel like I feel things more than they feel things you know like like why is it that when they had a baby they connected with their baby and they understood motherhood and you know why deny and I and I you know I've, I've worked a lot on myself to be able to accept. And I feel like this art thing was the missing piece because it was always, I used to do mind maps. Did you ever do mind maps about your life? I used to like write myself in the middle and then all my things. And, and when I look back at them, it's always like 
painting, drawing, painting, drawing, painting, drawing. So you were getting a lot of universal nudges, but you didn't quite. Yeah. 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 So it didn't, it's, it's not like, you know, um, a a lot of my friends who are desperate to go off, they're working really hard jobs and they've got their kids, they're desperate to find their thing. And they're like, how did you, how did you, and it's, it found me. Does that sound really ridiculous? Not at all. Not at all, because these, this is, I'm really spiritual. I'm getting more spiritual as I get older. And I just genuinely believe that we close ourselves off. Like it's a very Western mentality um you know whether you're into meditation whether you're into sort of just like you know quieting your mind but all the hints and the clues are there and it's almost like whatever you want to call it god universe you know spirit they want it wants you to be in a place of happiness and joy like that's how we should be living our lives it shouldn't be struggle it shouldn't be resistance it shouldn't be like you know everything's difficult it should just flow it should just be ease difficult today and, and it is very difficult and when, we are when we locked down the first time I was I was like oh thank god <laughs> I really was well. maybe when if Saul wasn't at home if my husband he was a dentist I mean that was obviously very stressful financially in terms of how long you know because you know he we, we we were both doing really well like and we were afloat you know we were really in a good place so that was stressful but like just to stop I have time. And like, I got a dog during lockdown. I've got a COVID lockdown doggy. That's also, I've never walked. I've never gone for long countryside walks. I've got like a barber jacket, my like boots. I look proper English. You know what I mean? Like, so there are really, really good things, you know, that have come out of this lockdown. But I think we need to slowly find life back and try and balance that. As you said, like maybe I could do some Zoom, maybe I could do some in person. But it's also taking the pressure off ourselves a little bit as well and just letting it flow and, you know, just kind of letting it evolve. So you carry on doing what you're doing now for a little bit and then things will change again a little bit. And then, and I, and I think we are so conditioned to plan and think ahead and a one-year goal and two-year goals and you know everything's got to be like in order but actually if we just I'm reading this amazing book at the moment which I think you'll love what is it called it's called um the surrender experiment by Michael Singer and it's literally he basically is a a guy that is going down this whole kind of um you know working in a in a in a very um economic um, industry and all of that and he decided that he was going to just surrender he had a very very busy mind he started doing yoga meditation took over his whole life and he said right for a year I'm going to surrender and every opportunity that comes my way if it's been if it's there it's it's there for a reason and I'm not going to say no because of practical reasons I'm not going to say no because that's not fitting my like five-year plan I'm going to just say yes to the things that come my way which I wouldn't normally say yes to but because they come my way and or I'm getting yet universal signs and I keep getting the same hints and nudges, maybe I'm just, I should be saying yes. So it's, it's acknowledging that we don't have to plan, that things can just change and that's okay. And, you know, seven years ago or five years ago, you were told that this is what you're going to be doing. You may have been, no way, how's that even going to be possible? How can I do that? You'd be overthinking the, the intricacies and the practicalities of it and childcare but because it's kind of slowly evolved, you're kind of like, oh, okay, this is what's this is what's going on. So 
it's just, I think it's just this Western mentality that we are conditioned to, to know what we're meant to be doing for the rest of our lives. And we should have this, um, you know, you know, we have a career and that's our career and we just stay. If we're not yeah. happy. That's just the way it is. I, mean, I, I, I had to find happiness in work. I had to, I love working first of all. I love having a, a goal that not to say anyone who chooses not to, but for me, um, I need a, need a focus. Um, and also that was part of when I was unwell, um, was postnatal depression. That was part of one of my goals that, you know, I had to find a space that could balance what I wanted and that's good for my kids. So now I'm able to drop them at school, pick them up, do their homework and I work around them. But uh, it's so funny you're talking about the surrender thing because when I was really unwell two years ago, I landed up in hospital. I said to, to Saul, I was like, I'm going to say yes to everything. Like, and obviously not everyone has that same sort of health scare experience, but that was really, that really changed me. So like, whereas if this was a year ago and, you know, a corporate called me to do a session, I probably would have been like, uh, you know, you know, if this was like three years ago, whatever it was, I probably would have like been like, oh, let me get back to you. Now I just say yes to everything. <laughs> I mean, within reason, of course, reason. <laughs> but, but like any opportunity that we get, as a family, I'm like, cool, let's do it, let's do it. And I've never been like that. I've never been an adventurer. Even like we went to the Lake District in a camper van. <laughs> so not so not me five years ago. Yeah. You know, I like, I don't I think glamping was even a bit much for me. So it's like all these things and and that that have been opened up because of this time in our lives, I feel like, because of COVID, because of. I don't look, I hope it doesn't go back to exactly how it was. I hope people still tap into the creativity and, you know, the things that they were doing during lockdown to entertain them. I really hope that it doesn't change completely to go back. I don't think it will. I think, I think it's been going on for long enough for people to recognise the changes that they've made or want to make. And listen, you know, there's a lot of reflection. There's been a lot of hardship. There's been a huge amount of difficulties and tragedies and sadness. But I do think that the good that's come out of this, I think it will carry on. I hope that's my, yeah. that's, you know, I really do hope that we, we learn from this and, and learn to live our lives in a kinder, nicer, more balanced way that we, we're prioritizing our mental well-being, families, families, all of these things. And I think what you're doing is is really amazing, AD. And I'm so excited and glad that you're on the podcast so people can hear you <laughs> and learn from you and they can hopefully get in touch with you. So tell me or tell my listeners how they can find you and how they can book onto your classes. So arthubldn.com is my website. Um, so all the details are there. There's a contact form. Um, yeah, and you can book online there. Feel free to message me also on Instagram at ArtHubLDN or Facebook at ArtHubLDN. Um, and I'm, yeah, happy to chat. Get all, get all sorts of interesting people messaging me and asking questions, which I love. Perfect. And if somebody wanted to do like a private lesson with like six or seven friends, would you be able to do that? Contact me, absolutely. I've done corporates, I do... Um, even like now where the kids have been isolated, I did a hen party. It's super fun. We can do lots of playing and being like a child again and not caring. I love it. Amazing. Thank you so much, AD. Thanks Always. for having me. So that is this week's episode done. I really hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I'd love to know if some of the insights resonated with you or if there were some takeaways that you're possibly able to apply to your life. 
I would really love to hear your feedback and perspective on today's conversation as well. Perhaps we talked about a topic that sparks something within you or you have something to offer to the other listeners. Either way, I would love to hear from you. In order to help grow the Ambitious Mum community and allow the podcast to be heard by other people, please do rate, subscribe and share it across your social networks. This will really help with the visibility of a new podcast. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook under Coaching by Kate and do use the hashtag The Ambitious Mum Podcast so I can find your comments easily. So please do get in touch if you have any more to say. I'll also provide all links to my guests and my contact details on the Ambitious Mum show notes too. See you next week.